To achieve any ambitious goals, you have to constantly flip-flop between micro and macro perspectives. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The biggest reason that people quit any of those things we just I just talked mm-hmm. about is because they look at the whole, they're looking at the big picture, man. So like with SEAL training, there's no single evolution that, that's, that, that's that difficult. Yeah. Really, I mean, it's four mile runs and you know, two mile swims and it's nothing that you couldn't get up from this table and go do right now. Um, but guys, the guys that quit, they couldn't break it down like into digestible pieces. One hour at a time, one moment That's at a it, time, brother. one day at a time, yep. one step at a time, mm-hmm. one breath at a time. Yeah. It seems so overwhelming. You're like, if I can't do this right now, if I'm struggling this moment, how am I gonna take on all of this, right? Six months, four yep. months, three months. And so we become overwhelmed and in fear as opposed to just one step at a time. I said, bro. I remember an evolution during Hell Week. Uh-huh. All it was was a one mile repeat. The instructors just got everybody together and said, all you got to do is run one mile over and over again until we tell you to stop. There's no time standards. There's no... You could walk. If you you could walk. I mean, you you had to look like you were running, but you yeah, could yeah. walk. So I'm out here like, heck yeah, dude. All I got to do is run one mile at my own pace on a sunny beach on Coronado Island. Like, this is amazing. No Nobody's no bothering time. Yeah. me. <laughs> it's, it's like vacation. Yeah, 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 man. But that was the single evolution during Hell Week where we lost the most guys. And it was because of what we just talked about. They could not, certain people just can't, could not focus on that mile, dude. They, they, all they could think about was all the miles in front of them, which they didn't know if this was the last one or not. So they, they looked at it as a big picture and they just couldn't handle it. And, and, it, and really it was the easiest evolution that we did in all of Hell Week. Do you remember how many miles you actually ran? Dude, I have no clue. And, and what the instructors do, they, they just keep it going uh-huh. until enough people quit. And then they're like, okay. And then they call it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And just, to, they're like, okay, we're gonna do it in 10 miles, 15, 20 miles, whatever, until many people quit. That's right, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing, dude, about it. And I take that now into like ultra running and, and even three of seven, you know, the business model for three of seven and, and all that we have going on with that. It's just like, you know, conquer what's like right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And if you can, if you can stay in that mindset, you know, on an ultra race, when I, 
when I'm 95 miles deep into a race and I've got to climb a 2,000 foot mountain, how do you think I do it, bro? One step at a yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, I pick a tree 20 yards ahead of me and I get to that tree and then I pick another tree and then eventually I'm at the summit, you know? How do you manage your mind and the thoughts of, man, I've got five more miles or however many more miles to go, how many more hours to go, days to go, and this is freaking hard. How do you manage the mind that wants to tell you to stop when it seems like there's so much ahead of you, but you're just going 10 feet at a time? How do you, how do, you do that? When you're tired, when you're hurting, when you're exhausted, or you just don't get tired? No, no. <laughs> That's a mantra we use, right? And yeah, we can talk yeah. about that later. But, um, but for me, bro, it's like if you will push yourself Hard, if you will push yourself hard enough, you, you reach this place, I call it the steady state, and it's where no, no, it's not going to hurt any worse, mm -hmm. and, um, and it's not going to get any harder. It's the steady state, man. It's going to stay hard. It's going to just <laughs> stay just like that. That's exactly right, and it's, it's almost like a, for me, it's almost like a primal feeling. Like everything else is stripped away and all I have to deal with is this, is this pain, physical pain that I'm feeling. And it's a it's a, for me, it's a beautiful thing, man. So I don't to feel the pain. Well, well to reach that steady state yeah, to yeah. where everything's just boiled down and it's just so simple, yeah. dude. You're not stressing about who's calling you, what's happening at home, friends, That's war. It, bro. Yeah. You're not stressed about that stuff. You're focused on one thing. Yeah. And, and so how, one, I guess one way that I, that I manage that, I like getting to that point in the first place, but, but some way that I, I guess you could say that I manage that pain is, is I stop fighting against it. Ooh. Um, how? I, I, I literally just tell my, I literally just tell myself, I accept this. Wow. And, and I almost just like in my mind's eye, I see it passing through me. The pain. The pain. Um, and, I, and you can use this with all different types of things that are uncomfortable, like cold. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you stop, will stop fighting against it, it, it diminishes its power. But as long, as long as you're fighting against the pain or you're f using your energy to fight against the cold, it's gonna continue to gain traction and power over your mind. Yeah. So it's just forcing yourself to let go and stop fighting against that discomfort and just rock and roll, man. So for the everyday human being who is, does a five mile run or maybe there's someone going extreme into an ice tub for two minutes mm -hmm. and they feel pain after a few miles or that first minute in the ice tub, how would you process that mentally or in your mind's eye when you're entering the ice, when you're going to that five mile run where it starts to hurt, you get the cramps, you get the heartaches, sweating, what would you do in that moment? Obviously for you, that's like 50 to 100 miles, but for the everyday human, how would you approach that mentally? Like a process so we could understand. Mm. I understand of like surrendering and letting it go through you, but what is it, what's a, a strategy we could implement, you think? Well, I mean, I think, I think, uh, 
the strategy to implement that particular thing about not fighting against uh -huh. it, I think, is that you could speak it out loud. Um, I talk to myself all the time, and that's something I'm so adamant about is the spoken word. So, mm. you know, if you... So it's starting to feel painful. I'm on my third mile. I feel like I want to slow down. What would I say to myself? Well, I mean, you can, you can counterpunch that uh, with with any number of statements or mantras, whatever works best for uh -huh. you, you know what I mean? Um, of course, I have some that I use on my own, but th that's, for me, that, that would be the number one tool to kind of to manage that pain. A spoken mantra out loud. The, yeah, the spoken word. Not an internal mantra or a whisper, but actually saying it, you think? Yeah, totally, man, yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah, it has to be said out loud. Yeah. Okay, what's yeah. the, were you gonna say something else? No, Sorry. I'm good, bro. What's the um, the killer of uh, getting through hard challenges in your mind? What's the thing that kills most individuals once it starts to get hard and they stop? Negativity, man. Yeah. Um, the thought process. The it's words. Not the, it's it's not necessarily the negative thought because we can't control our thoughts, obviously, all the time. We're gonna have thoughts in our head that pop up that we don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, it's when you give those thoughts power um, through the things that you say. So I give you an example. One of my best friends going through SEAL training, um, he came to me one morning and he said, he said, he had been, think, I could tell he had been in a bad place mentally, but he was doing fine, progressing through training. But he came to me one morning and he said out loud for the first time, I don't think I'm good enough to make it through this training anymore, which was a lie. He was completely physically capable of doing every single thing that we had to do that day and every other day. But when he came and said that, it gave those thoughts that he had, that, that um, what do you call it, um, like lack of confidence or, mm -hmm. you know, those, those thoughts that he was having that he wasn't good enough. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't have enough traction to stop him until he came and told me that out loud. Spoke it into existence. He spoke it out loud, yeah, so man. You might be thinking, uh, am I good enough to do this? Can I make it through? Maybe I'm not as strong as these guys. These guys are more talented. But once you start saying it to someone else out loud, that's when your Gosh, body yeah. starts to believe it even stronger. And it gets harder and harder to go back into a confident place, I'm assuming. That's it, brother. Yeah, so like when he told me that, it was just like seconds later he was going to ring the bell. Really? Yeah. Like, and there was nothing that I could do to stop him. Like, it's like he finally believed it 100% and he was out. Yeah, yeah. Just don't say it and you're half the, half the way there, right? If you like, just don't say it, you're, you have a chance. That's it, brother. That's it. And, and so your tongue, your tongue is the, is the thing. I, I, I compare it to a rudder. Mm -hmm. A rudder is the main control surface that steers a ship, steers the direction of a ship. Um, your tongue is your rudder. It's going to steer the direction of your life and the outcomes of your situations. 98% of the time. So, what you say is pretty important. Yeah, it's, it's, it's paramount to me, bro. I mm -hmm. mean, that's like, I, I take this to such an extreme that I don't curse. I um, I'm a Christian, but I don't, not cursing is not a Christian 
thing. It's because none of those words in and of themselves have a positive meaning. Um, so why am I going to use them? Mm. So for me, it, it, is, it is paramount, dude, the, the things that we say. Yes. Did you ever come to a place where you started saying negative things to yourself during Bud's training or as a SEAL um, where you had to catch yourself? Or have you always been clear with your words to yourself? I have not always been clear with my words to myself. Um, I, I became more conscious about the power of my words throughout life and doing really, really hard stuff to where, you know, I've put myself in, in enough situations with other people around me to see the power of the spoken word actually work, not only in my own situations, but in the men around mm-hmm. me or women around me in racing, you know? Yeah. So as every time I see it work, I'm like, holy smokes, this is powerful, this is powerful. Well, then finally I started going on some podcasts and telling people that it works. And then I, now I get hundreds of messages a month of people saying, oh my gosh, this works. What, what are the words we should never say to ourselves and what should we say to ourselves every day? You know, I think that's really, I think that's really individualized, uh-huh. man. Uh, I mean, as far as the words that that you should never say to yourself, it's going to be dependent on the situation you're in. You know what I mean? And then the things that you're saying to yourself, you know, a big one for me is I I will not die in the chair. That's a huge mantra, you know, that I use. I won't die in the chair. And that has a whole meaning and story behind it. Um, What's the brief meaning? So that was that was born out of that last man standing race that I did a few months. Well, no, it was back in May. Uh-huh. Um, where I was running, um, you know, we had to run 4.16 miles every hour on the hour. Each one of those hours I would dedicate to a fallen brother wow. in the SEAL teams. And their actual names? Yeah, I had a wrist coach that I was wearing and oh I would have gosh. their, you know, a, a index card with their face, name, their family's names, no their way. date of sacrifice. And so, holy cow! That, that probably gave me a lot more power and strength. It did, too. man. But it, but it gave me a lot more pressure too, dude. Because each one of these laps was was for this guy, and 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 some of those guys were guys that I had spent a lot of time with. Wow. You know what I mean? Um, so the way that race worked, there was no definitive finish line. You just kept running until only one runner was left standing. Mm-hmm. So I could not promise my brothers that I would win. I couldn't promise them victory because I didn't know if my body would break or, you know, I was, I didn't know. I didn't know where the race was going to end. So, um, but, but I could promise them that if I died in, in death, meaning death within a situation, not physical death, but death in this scenario would be of my race. If that time came, I would die out on the race course battling for every step that mm. I took. Not so on the chair. I won't die in the chair. That's exactly Sitting around right. waiting. Yep. Cause so at the end of each one of these laps, there was a chair. So if I came in off the lap in 55 minutes, I could sit down for five minutes. And it was hard. A lot of people died in the chair that day, They're dude. Like, I'm done. I'm done. Because it was hard to rise back up, man. <sighs> For sure. So, did you win the race? No, I was the 
I think I was the third man standing around 116.5 miles. <laughs> and uh, my last lap, dude, was actually for, oh my, my last lap was for a good friend of mine named Blake Marston. And we lost Blake in a uh, skydiving accident not oh, long man. ago. Um, and, uh, dude, I remember looking down at, uh, I, I went out on that lap, and so it was muddy. I had tied my shoes too tight, and so my shoelaces were sawing through that large oh, tendon in the front no, of my ankles. painful. Yeah, so it got to the point that I could no longer flex my toes toward my shin anymore. So every step was like I was dragging my feet like lead weights. So I went out on that lap, and I, I pretty much, I was broken, dude. Yeah, your whole body. But I wasn't going to die in a chair, dude. You were out on the lap, though. I you, was out on the lap, You fell on the lap, dude. or you didn't make it back in yeah. time, and you are Yeah, like, I got out there, dude, and I remember looking down at Blake, and, uh, dude, I just start, I started crying. Wow. Because I knew, I knew at a certain point that I could not make it back in time. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I thought, you know, how's, what does Blake think of me right now, uh. you know, and, and uh, and then I just had this sense of peace come over me, dude. And I could see his, I could see his face in my mind's eye, laughing at my poor physical state. <laughs> because we always find, I mean, team guys, dude, we always find humor in adversity. Mm -hmm. I mean, no matter how miserable that got, we would be joking and laughing at each other. So I saw him laughing at me, you know, and I and then. Uh, I found a stick on the ground and hobbled my way back to the finish line. <laughs> yeah, so you so, made it through. It wasn't in the time allotted. It was after the time. Right? It was after the time. That's gotcha. right. Gotcha. So, 116 but, miles. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, you can apply. I apply that now, that don't die in the chair, to mm -hmm. all aspects of my life, man, whether it's business or personal relationships or yeah. marriages or you name it, dude. So you have a mantra and you'll say this mantra out loud or internally every day when you feel it gets tough. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's used as a counterpunch, dude, mm -hmm. to, to those negative thoughts. It's, you know what's funny? Like mantras are are talked about a lot in kind of the spiritual meditation um, communities, but you're this hardcore Navy SEAL guy who's saying the power of the spoken word, the power of a mantra, a positive mantra, is what gets you through adversity. That's it, bro. And that's the secret. That's your rudder, man. So it's not doesn't have to be some woo woo y uh, spirituality meditation only type of thought process. This is tactical real life strategies that get you through war, actual war. That's it, brother. And this wraps up today's episode. Thanks for listening. If you felt moved by today's episode, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or subscribe for future episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you tomorrow.